You're listening to the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training, helping you guide your group through its study of the storyline of Scripture. Hey there, thanks for joining us for the weekly leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Ken Brady. Today we are looking at Unit 30, Session 2, Confronted by the Gospel of Jesus. And so this is a big session because we are looking at Acts 9, which is one of my favorite encounters in the Bible. And uh, uh, what we see in this is, is that we see... Jesus confronting an unbeliever so that this unbeliever might trust in him. And as he does and his he confront continues to confront unbelievers, he calls them to live on mission for him as part of his church. God also employs believers to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and commission the people God brings into his church. We, of course, are talking about Saul's conversion. <laughs> And uh, and and this is a this is a big deal. Um, it's the it's the conversion story that's kind of the the hallmark story. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, without this without this particular story, Aaron, you know, we don't get the rest of the New Testament. You know? That's so, right. This is like I mean, literally, like almost like you could almost call it like the the pivotal event here in the New Testament. You know, so uh, important uh, to the rest of us. I mean. We have our you know, our New Testament today because of the things that happened uh, that we'll be studying about right here. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, it's easy for people to, you know, it's it's interesting how, like, I love the way that you said that because there's such a tendency to, uh, because the epistles and Paul's influence on the church, um, you know, from his conversion on, really, um, it can't be overstated, but um, there is this tendency to have like almost a whiplash effect on that. And, you know, you've seen people do the whole Jesus versus Paul thing and, you know, which is just ridiculous nonsense. Um, <laughs> um, on stuff like that, I have very little, very little filter in time for. <laughs> so, um, so listeners, sorry, but not sorry. Um <laughs> But um, with but with that, it's like what we have here is is we have this turning point moment, and even all of the other church leaders at that time they recognized how significant how significant it was for Saul, this man who. Um, you know, he describes himself in Philippians 3 as the Hebrew of Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, um, as to um, as to the law, um, you know, you know, a Pharisee, and as to the te- and as to the works of the law, blameless. You have this guy who ha- who is, you know, in his view, striving to follow the law. And from the way he understands it, from the from the teaching of the Pharisees at least, is following it pretty much perfectly. Who mm-hmm. was zealous, so zealous, that he oversaw the stoning of Stephen, the first martyr in the church, and approved of it. He was all about defending the name of God. And then for him to like immediately flip from persecuting Christians to being their greatest proclaimer 
is amazing. It is. It really helps you understand why the disciples were just a little hesitant to accept him, you know, into their fold uh, because of his uh, incredible resume that he had. And, and then also, you know, his reputation for being the arch enemy of the church. I mean, someone to be feared. I mean, this is a guy that put people, men and women in jail. And uh, like you said, oversaw the stoning of Stephen. I mean, he was a bad character, you know, yep. which honestly kind of leads me to think about, you know, you want to talk about what's a, you know, the most important takeaway for the session. You know, I, I think here in this story of uh, Saul's conversion, uh, God is teaching us uh, and, and teaching the first century believers, teaching those uh, early apostles, you know, that there is nobody that is beyond the reach of the Holy Spirit, that anyone, you know, can be saved. If Paul can be saved, anybody can be saved. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and it doesn't matter how vile and terrible and horrible they've been in the past. Grace supersedes all that. And that's a good word, I think, for us today, you mm -hmm. know, and, and we'll get into this here in a bit. But, you know, we probably all know folks that, you know, we think maybe way beyond God's reach, you know, uh, it could be a family member that we just don't like or, uh, you know, it could be a friend, you know, that we've had this estrangement with. Mm -hmm. But uh, Aaron, you know, we're going to find out here that uh, that there is no one that's beyond God's reach when the Holy Spirit gets involved. Yeah. And as uh, as one who was considered uh, one of those unlikely converts, all I can say is amen to that. So, um, so Ken, as we, as we think about this session, what is, uh, what is a challenge or issue that you see coming up? I think that, uh, group members may struggle, uh, with seeing, you know, I'm going to say in air quotes, you know, the fairness of God, uh, when a reprobate person gets saved, you know, uh, that, uh, jailhouse confession or deathbed confession, you know, the, a person that's just not lived their life for Christ, but then they end up being, uh, converted, they fall under conviction. Uh, God's grace breaks through, and you know we hear these stories of you know criminals and and other encounters that are just you know uh, just uh, full of uh, tales of people that have lived a life uh, as enemies of God, and then all of a sudden you know they hear the gospel and something clicks. The Holy Spirit finally breaks through uh, that heart uh, that has been uh, you know repulsed by the gospel, and now all of a sudden is receptive. And, uh, and so it's something that we can re should rejoice over, you know, but a lot of times I think we, we look at it and just wonder, well, how's that fair? How's that right? You know, but uh, we have to remind our group members, you know, that sin is sin, you know, whether it's a person that's, you know, uh, been a horrible, you know, example uh, throughout their life, or if it's us and we've been, you know, trying to live for Christ, but, you know, we still sin, you know, and there's still uh, sin issues. Uh, in our life, uh, the Holy Spirit, God's grace has reached both of us. And so uh, I think I'd want my group members uh, to know that, uh, hey, uh, just like God reached me as a 10-year-old boy, or like in the last episode, I told about my mom, she was reached as a nine-year-old girl, you know, mm -hmm. out in West Texas in Abilene in a Sunday school class, you know. So we've lived most of our lives, you know, uh, tried to live for Christ, uh, but God loves that person that is just, you know, shaking their fist at him, you know, for decades. Uh, he loves that person just as much and, and wants them to be in that saving relationship with him just as much as he did, you know, me or my mom or you or anyone else. And so uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, this idea of, you know, can God save? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, does God save people? 
Yes. And are there some people that have these wonderful, dramatic stories of conversion uh, where, you know, they've just, you know, lived almost an entire life, you know, as an enemy of God, but then all of a sudden, now they're the friend of God and somebody who gets on fire. Yes. And we ought to praise him for, you know, when we see that and, and not even think about, you know, the fairness of that, if there's even such a thing, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, I love the way that you describe that. And, you know, I was reading, I was reading through our notes together um, ahead of time uh, for this. And it just reminded me of the parable of the vineyard workers that we saw in, that we see in Matthew 20, 1 through 16. So, uh, which says, uh, you know, for the, fi- for the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the workers for one denar- uh, denarius, he sent them to, to his vineyard for the day. Uh, when he went out at, at about nine in the morning, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he said to them, you also go in, into my vineyard and I'll give you whatever's right. And so off they went. And at noon and at three, he did the same thing. And um, and then even toward, and even at five in, the, five in the afternoon, he went and did this again. And so... Um, so then at the end of the day, um, uh, he told the, he, he told the foreman, call the workers and give them their pay, starting with the last and ending with the first. Um, when those who were hired, uh, at about five came, they received one denarius. And so when they, uh, when the first ones came, they assumed they would get more, but they also received a denarius each. And when they received it, they began to complain to the landowner. Uh, these last men put in one hour, and you made them equal to us who bore the burden of the day's work and the and the burning heat. And he replied to them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? Take what's yours and go. I want I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do this, uh, to do what I want with what's mine? Are you jealous because I'm generous? Mm. And so I love that. it's are you jealous because I'm generous? And that's a great picture, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank you for for reminding us of this uh, this story. Uh, that is so true. That hey, if God wants to save someone and He breaks through, you know, at the eleventh hour, you know, then that's awesome. That's that's His privilege. It's His right, and He's being generous, you know, to that person. So, man, mm-hmm. great story. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's something I think about a lot. And uh, especially when I'm cranky, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, you know, um, I think in addition to that, I think that there is a, a real opportunity in this session to focus on the essential doctrine that we, that we've, uh, included here, which is the unity of the church. And so you're going to find a video in on this, in the additional resources, as well as, uh, the description in your leader guide. But here's what I would suggest. I would, I would really challenge yourself and your group members to consider how you and they alike understand this idea of unity. How does that change um, our understanding of differences in secondary matters? How does it change our view of, you know, in quotation marks, fairness um, on the part of God or generosity um, as he as He looks at it? Um, and, and so that should, um, we should remember that unity is what we are striving for above all else with other believers. And so there, there's some great opportunities for discussion there. Yes, absolutely. And Aaron, I would say too, uh, you know, as we're thinking about uh, this uh, conversion of Saul, we see the power of God. I bet that our uh, our group leaders who are listening to this podcast uh, and 
probably the people in their groups uh, that they everybody knows somebody, whether it's a family, a friend, uh, some acquaintance, you know, maybe somebody through work that is really far away from God. Uh, my family's got a couple of folks right now, you know, mm-hmm. that are they are not walking with the Lord if they ever did, and uh, and it just reminds me. This whole session has reminded me about the power of God to to save them and to put them on a different pathway. And at my job, I need to be praying for these folks, you know, regularly uh, and not dwelling on some of the hurt or the things that they have brought into our lives, my life, you know, in the past. But these are people that uh, that could be uh, placed into the kingdom and into God's forever family uh, because he is powerful to do that, just like he did here with, uh, with Saul on that road to Damascus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Ken, I don't think that there's a. I don't think there's a better way to 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 wrap this to wrap up this episode than with that encouragement. So, uh, it's gonna be a great lesson. It's it, gonna be it, awesome. It really is, and I, I'm so excited for for your groups and everyone to be to be going through this together. It's gonna be great. So, thank you for. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for for allowing us to be a part of your prep time uh, for this session. And uh, we hope that uh, this this week's episode of our leader training has been helpful. So uh, for more resources to help you guide your group through this session, do visit gospelproject.com.